Limitless Range. Welcome back, everyone. We are back. This is Limitless Range episode, what are we on now, 24? Don't know. believe we're on episode 24. Um, don't quote me on that, but welcome back to Limitless Range. I am Travis Garner here with Logan Sella. As always, we are back and better than ever. We are excited to be back here on the podcast for you guys. Took a little bit of a break, um, but we are back and ready to talk some basketball. So, Sella, what you been up to? Uh, I've just been doing my thing. I mean, hanging out, uh, baseball practice in the last few weeks, obviously. I mean, I can't believe we've been gone so long. There's been so much happening in the NBA. I feel like we kind of missed out. I guess what was our last episode right around the draft? November 23rd was our last episode. So that was that was right after the season, wasn't it? That was um, that was our last episode was our draft recap. So we talked about the draft and some picks and stuff. Hmm, yeah, you're right. I guess what we're almost to the All Star break now, and I know we're finally back. We, we made missed, it back. We missed half the season, but we're back now. Uh, we're ready to talk some hoops and put some uh, put some good episodes out for you guys. So, Sella, about ready to start off? Never been more ready, I don't think. All right. So, for the first segment in this new, I guess not newly minted, but newly minted return. It's of like a new season for new, us, It's really. like a new season, yeah. It's like, it's like The Bachelor, you know, when they leave and then they come back. It's, I that's, agree. That's where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, so... To start off, we're just going to talk a little bit about some of the things that have went down since we've been gone, which we're not going to h- highlight everything because a lot happened, but we're going to talk about the major things and uh, just kind of chat about some hoops for a little bit. So uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is James Harden. So since we've been gone, James Harden has been moved to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, could you pull up that trade package real quick, Sella? The James Harden trade, January 14th. The Nets obviously received James Harden. They also got a 2024 second-round pick from Cleveland. In return, the Rockets got Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, and Rodion's Kuruks. They also received three unprotected first-round picks from Brooklyn in 2022, 2024, and 2026. They also got four pick swaps in the deal and Milwaukee's 2022 first-round pick from Cleveland. The Pacers received Karis LeVert. A 2023 second-round pick from the Rockets. And the Cavaliers got Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince, both from Brooklyn. Obviously quite the shakeup. Yeah, and excuse me. I think a dark horse winner of this trade, I think, is Cleveland. I think getting Jarrett Allen is amazing for them. It really shores up their center position for the future. Um, And that obviously made Andre Drummond expendable, which we'll get to later in the episode. Um, but yeah, I, I, that really signifies win now mode for, uh, the Nets as if they already weren't there. They get, they did give up a lot though. They did, but it, so far it's kind of been mixed returns, but uh, Harden's done his part. Obviously the last 10 games, he's leading the league in assists, um, averaging over 25 a night, um, still shooting the ball well, 90% from the free throw line. Shooting at just under forty percent from three. I mean, Harden's been a stud, and he's kind of taken over the point guard role. I mean, it's kind of it was sort of a big story in the middle of the week. You know, he, Kyrie said he's going to be the shooting guard, and Harden's now the point guard. Um, but I, it's worked out pretty well. I think you know the defense we knew might be a problem, but um, they just had a big win last night against the Lakers, and they've won their last five in a row. Actually, they're they've been hot. Yeah, and. I think with, I think Harden has always been kind of a more of a point guard anyway cuz I mean he's for I mean you don't people don't really talk about it but he's a really good passer. I mean he's um he's a really really good visionary when it comes to passing and moving the rock. But I feel like Kyrie has always been better suited as a two guard to me. I mean I think Kyrie he's he can pass. I'm not saying he can't, but He's, I feel like he's just more of a natural scorer as opposed to looking for shots for other people. So I think Kyrie's always been better suited as a shooting guard. I agree. Harden is a great passer. I mean, he averages uh, over six assists per night on his career. He's 
creeping towards 12. He's averaging 11.3 so far this year. That leads the NBA, like I said. I mean, it's interesting. I think, I mean, they've, um, they're only 19 and 12. Obviously, Philadelphia has been the leader in the East so far. Milwaukee's kind of stumbled around. You think Brooklyn's the best team in the East? Um, offensively, yes, absolutely. Defensively, different story. Um, this is this brings me to the first question here. I have written down here: Can the Nets win a title with hardly any defense? Um. Well, I think what's the the statistic that's been going around is since two thousand or whatever, only one team outside of the top ten in defensive rating has won the title, and that was the two thousand two Lakers when they had Shaq and Kobe at the peak of their powers. Um, so I don't know. I don't really think so just because I don't think they can beat the Lakers if they're at full strength. I don't <coughs> know if they're better than the Clippers even. Uh, but I certainly think they can come out of the East. I, I, I believe so too. I think I don't think a, um, a Lakers-Nets finals is completely out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, um, I think Brooklyn could definitely get out of the East. I think that, that, have, that having them go to the finals is not – I think I think they're still the favorites in the yeah, East. Yeah, I would say they're the favorites, and um, I mean they're the thing that scares me about the the Nets is there has been a couple collapses um, when it comes to defensive effort and things like that. So um, I don't know. Only time will tell, but I don't think it's it's a hot take to have them coming out of the East. They actually have the second worst defense in the conference by opponents points per game they give up almost 118 points a night who's the who's the first worst the first worst is washington <laughs> uh-huh. they give up close to 120 a night yikes all right so should we move on from brooklyn yeah we can, we can move on all right so next we're gonna slide into an, another segment here it's not really another segment but it's more about news and stuff um blake griffin for those of you who do not know has come to a mutual agreement I guess with uh with the Detroit Pistons to not continue playing for them um whether that means he's gonna they're gonna find some sort of trade for him or which is hard to do with that contract I believe he's making what 34 million somewhere around around there there. it's 30 plus yeah 30 plus million for the next two seasons so that's hard to find a match for for a trade um and you know they can either do that or they can buy him out, which that's a lot of money to buy somebody out, you know, and um, or he, he he could just sit on the bench and not play for the next year and a half, which I don't think is a good call. But so Blake Griffin, thoughts on that, Sella? Well, I don't think he's just going to sit and wait. I think obviously they're going to try and trade him. It says the quote is the two sides try and work on a resolution to his situation. Um He's actually owed $36.8 million this season. He's got a player option for $39 million next season, which – Can't imagine he'd decline n- that. Nope. Um, yeah, he hasn't really been good this year either. I, he hasn't. All of, his, all of his numbers down, points, rebounds, field goals, you name it. I don't think he'll ever be what he was. No, I don't think so either, which is kind of a shame, but it uh, just happens to you know big athletic guys like that once they lose their athleticism. Um. I don't know. I don't know what the market would be. I I don't know if there's a team out there that would really suit him best. I mean, I'm looking at the top of the standings right now. I mean, at Brooklyn, they're strapped. They don't have any money left. Milwaukee, same thing. I don't think Indiana would want to trade anything for him. Portland, I don't I don't know what they're going to do. Phoenix is paying Chris Paul and Booker a ton of money. I mean, who else what is the market for Blake Griffin? I don't know that there really is one. I don't know. I don't. I don't really. I can't think of a lot of teams offhand that really could use his services. Because um, I think he's pretty much relegated to just being a spot up, spot up shooter, occasional playmaker that can take people off the dribble, and get a dunk every once in a while. I think that's what Blake Griffin is at this point. Well, hardly. I don't know if he's dunked at all this season. He went. He was without a dunk for. A long stretch. I don't think he. I don't think he got a single dunk yet this season. Really, really. That's. I did not that's know that. True. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not an occasional dunk, but occasional um, power layup. Uh, occasional power layup. Yes. Uh. Yeah. I think he's pretty much relegated to just being a spot up shooter at this point. Um. And you know, being a spot up shooter that doesn't shoot the best isn't the best thing for a team. 
I don't know. You can maybe talk me into like if the Lakers wanted to take a flyer on him, if he gets bought out, maybe do a vet minimum. I mean, that's, sure. I, I think once he hits the buyout market, I'm sure there would be more of a market then. But it, as far as a trade, I think Detroit's yeah they're going to be searching for a while before I they find somebody that really wants to take on that kind of money for as low a production as he's given the last season and a half. I think more than likely it will probably end up being a buyout. Um, I think that's going to be the most reasonable option at this point. I mean, I'm if if the Blake Griffin gets bought out and the Mavs want to take a hit on him and they want to give him a vet minimum contract, I don't hate that. I mean, it's not I I don't hate that. I guess I don't either. I think it would just depend on his willingness to defend. I mean, I think that's just been sort of the problem for Dallas is just defense. I mean, they got the firepower still with Luka and Chris Stops. I, I guess I don't know how much you could really play those guys together. I guess that's the only thing that would worry me. But Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I, I still think Blake has something to offer to the to the NBA. I just don't I just don't really know what it is at this point. Yeah, I think I agree. I don't think he's just washed. I think he's probably, you know, a low end starter or a high end bench player. He just has such an albatross of a contract that it makes it difficult. I mean, is he just not in demand because of that contract? That very well could be. Um, and then Andre Drummond. Now, I'm, I just want to gloss over this real quick because I have another thing that I want to talk about. Andre Drummond has come to a mutual agreement with the Cavs to be either bought out or moved by the deadline. Um, I mean potential fits for him the Celtics I've seen which I completely agree with um the Mavs have come up which I I like that uh for the Mavs I just don't think Kristaps has the ability to defend fours but that's beside the point we just need rebounding and shooting so mm-hmm. um so thoughts on that real quick Sella I did see Boston was rumored to be Brooklyn too in the mix, uh, you know, Boston kind of middling right now. They're right at 500. They're 14 and 14. Um, sure, I mean, I I think that'd be a good move for them. They're always, you know, they don't have a whole lot of size. And Tristan Thompson's really their their biggest guy, unless they want to play Tice or, you know, so they need more size. Tice si- is undersized too. He's six. Right. Eight. He's not that. You know, he's a four or five, but not really big guy. Um, maybe. Dare I say the Lakers, especially now that Anthony Davis, they're going to be without him for a little while. I mean, they don't have a whole lot of size. You know, JaVale and Dwight were gone, and I think the Lakers have kind of felt the impact of both of those players. You know, they're still 22-8, and eight, but, um, you know, I think that was a, an underrated part of their success last season, and I wonder if they're going to try and, and find somebody that they can – can do the same sort of things with. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate that. If the, I mean, if the Lakers want to take a stab at Andre Drummond, um, I, I like that for them. Um, so one thing I wanted to talk about before we get into the next thing is the New York Knicks. Um, the Knicks have, uh, reportedly, are willing to move Kevin Knox. Um, which, this is my thing with the Knicks. Okay. That franchise is so poorly ran that I don't trust their rookies being busted until they go somewhere else. Because I'm not going to say Kevin Knox or Frankie Lakina are bust until they go somewhere else. I felt the same way about Dennis Smith Jr. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call him a bust until he goes somewhere else and sucks. Because New York is a terrible organization, regardless of whether people want to admit it or not. New York is horrific with developing prospects it's hard to argue with you I, I think you can I mean I would agree I guess I'm just trying to think of like who we've seen move on from them that's had success elsewhere is there anybody that sticks out um I mean Trey Burke yeah but he I hasn't really had success but he's always been kind of a fringe player anyway um I can't really think of any off Tim, the top Tim of my, Hardaway Tim Hardaway is He's. I mean, he's been. Even I mean, though he's, he got the bag, I mean, you could argue about how good of a player he is. I even, suppose he's been considerably better for the Mavs than he was ever, when he ever was for you know New York. So, um, but yeah, I. The, I mean, I if the 
Knicks are willing to move Kevin Knox, I, I wouldn't mind the Mavs taking a stab at him. I mean, I if if you can get him for cheap, if they say, hey, give us a give us a second round pick in uh in Tyler Bay or something, or a second round pick and Josh Green, I don't want to give up Josh Green. It's like just a second round pick, let's say. If they if you can get him for cheap, I wouldn't mind the Mavs taking a stab at Kevin Knox. I don't hate it either. I mean, six seven. I mean, he's pro- he projects as a good shooter. He's only about well, he's actually shot the three pointer fairly well. I mean, he doesn't play a whole lot, but he's just under thirty eight percent. I mean, he's good enough to play. I think. I mean, I I think it's kind of tough for him just because his minutes have been so stunted in New York. Like he's like the ninth or tenth guy for them, and I, it's just hard to develop that way. Right. I mean, I think that wouldn't I wouldn't hate that pickup either, just because I think. You could get him for dirt cheap and and give him a chance to to step in and and certainly do more than he does in New York. I agree, and um, also Frank Nealakina. I think Frank Nealakina has extreme potential, and he's just getting buried by New York. I think with that wingspan that he has, what is he? He's six. I think he's six four, and he has like a seven two wingspan. He he has shown flashes of an amazing defense. I think he has potential to be one of the, like a top five point guard defender in the league. I guess he's he hasn't played much at all this season. He's only, he's only been in four games. I know that's what got a lot of teams excited was the the defensive upside from him, but I don't know. I mean, he just hasn't been that great of a player. He's never shot it above forty percent. I guess he he came close in twenty twenty, but. I, I see him. I see him being like an uh, like an Andre Roberson type. What happened to him, by the way? He plays. He's on the Nets. They they the Nets signed him. Really? Yeah. Um, just a couple days ago. Hmm. Uh, but that's what I think about the Knicks. Julius Randle, MVP candidate. It looks like. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna Lord. say. Well, the story with uh, them is almost like the exact opposite. Like it was. He was drafted by somebody else, and then. Wasn't really that great, but now he's with the Knicks and he's Michael Jordan. <laughs> empty stats. I mean, I guess they're sort of empty, but they're in the playoffs right now. They're the seventh seed. Yeah. I don't I, know if it'll stay that way, but pretty could remarkable that the New York Knicks could be in the playoff hunt at the All-Star break. I mean, you, Julius Randle probably got to be in contention for most improved player. I mean. He's got to be right up there. Yeah, you're right. Um, but anyway, just two quick things before we take a break. Uh, the most surprising team for you as far as being good, Utah. Utah, I would. That's what that was gonna be my pick too. Utah is a juggernaut. It looks like they are. Holy cow! Twenty four and five. What do they won like nineteen out of twenty or something ridiculous? Yep, nineteen out of the last twenty, which is insane. Uh, they freaking waxed the Mavs for two straight games. Um. I guess if I got to be different, I can take Indiana or the Knicks. I mean, we just talked about how good they've been. But Indiana, they're up to the four seed right now. They're only one game back in Milwaukee at three. They've kind of surprised me a little bit. I, I didn't think they'd be this good. DeMontis Sabonis coming he's into his own. He's a bad boy. He's, he a, he's a bad man. So him coming into his own, I think, has really helped them out. Uh, most surprising team in a bad way. I don't want to say you're Mavericks, but – think it might be the Mavericks. Yeah, that's that was that's going to be mine too. Out east it's got to be Miami too, all the way to the finals last season. Now they're in 11th place. They've been hit hard by COVID, but I mean I I didn't I thought they'd probably take a step back, but to see them this far down in the standings at the All-Star break is I think a little a little jarring. We got I think we may have gotten a little bit too high on Tyler Hero after that finals. I mean, I think he's good, but uh I think we may have gotten a little too high on him. Yeah, I mean, he's... Same with Duncan Robinson. Yeah, I think they both just kind of... I think, you know, the bubble was kind of perfect for them. They're just a young team, hungry, scrappy. Yeah. I know they, they didn't care. Let's keep us in here for another month. Let's keep playing. Yeah, you and know, it's... With a lot of other teams, they had veteran guys and older players who just, like, got families at home and, you know, screw this, like what happened with the Clippers... And even the Bucks, to some degree, with Miami, they were just everything kind of broke right for them last year. I agree, and that's what's you know that's what people said about the bubble is you know people like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and them and the newer rookie guys, you know they had never experienced an NBA 
schedule really before. And and they immediately go into the bubble, which the bubble, you're not traveling. You're playing games in-house, so you're not really going anywhere. Um, so it's a, it's a big adjustment. But on that note, we are going to take a quick break here on Limitless Range. And when we come back, we are going to talk a little bit about some award predictions. We had a text conversation a couple months ago uh, before the season even started and talked about some of our award predictions. So um, we're going to get slide right into that uh, when we come back. So keep it locked here on this range. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Limitless Range. We're back, and uh, we're going to go into our award predictions real quick, which we actually did in a, over a text conversation a couple months ago, so we're going to bring it back. Yep, I got it pulled up here. This is from December 22nd. My predictions came at 9.27 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I believe I was working at the YMCA at that point, probably neglecting my responsibilities overseeing children. <laughs> uh, Travis sent his a little later. You want me to go first or you to go first? Are my picks first or your picks first? My picks. So Travis predicted that the Lakers would win the West. Yep. Well, in the regular season. He picked the Bucks to be the one seed out East. Luka for that MVP. Was, that was obviously the Bucks was pre, pre-James Harden trade, so – Right. I guess we'll just we'll slow it down here. We'll just keep going one by one. So Lakers, one seed West is in pretty good shape. Utah, two games ahead right now, but Lakers still hot on their heels. Probably, I don't know if they'll catch them in the regular season because of Anthony Davis. Bucks probably won't be the one seed. Looks like it's going to be Philly or Brooklyn. I'm not mad that the Bucks aren't the one seed because I'm kind of tired of seeing them get the one seed and then get bounced in the second round. So True. Could be good for them maybe to, to be a two or three seed. MVP, Luka... I wouldn't say it's dead yet, but it's probably on life support. I don't think it's on life support. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Um, but I i mean, the Mavs would have to go on a major run for that to happen, and Luka would just have to play out of his mind, which he has been. So um, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at this point, but, I mean, the Mavs have severely underperformed this year. So Rookie of the year, we both agreed on Bull Bull as a long shot choice, but we also – both had Lamelo, which looks pretty good. It looks like it's going to be him and Wiseman probably neck and neck by the end of the season. Yeah, I think I think Lamelo is far and away the best rookie right now. I think. I agree. I kind of love him. He's I'm not. Awesome. I'm not super. In, I'm not super in love with uh, with uh, what's his name, Anthony Ed- Edwards. I'm not. Uh, I don't know. I'm not super in. I'm not super into him at this point. It's just in Minnesota. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares about them? Who gives a crap about Minnesota? Most improved player. You had Markel Fultz. I did. I would have still stuck by that pick if he didn't tear his ACL. So yeah, man, that's a poor one out he for Markel. Pretty well, wasn't he? He was playing well before he uh, he got injured. But um, if he had got injured, uh, that still would have been my pick. I had DeAndre Ayton as most improved player, but I I don't know. I haven't heard much about him. Nah. Phoenix is doing well though. Better than I thought they would. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach of the year, we both had Ty Lue. You also mentioned Rick Carlisle. If the season ended right now, you'd probably have to give it to Quinn Snyder. Just I would imagine of how yeah. well Utah has played. Eastern Conference. You I th- I think just one one thing real quick. I think the the return of Mike Conley to his original Grizzlies form is a major factor in Utah being as good as they are. That and they shoot the three ball. They've been on a torrid pace from three. They're far and away the best team shooting the ball, at least so far this Jordan season. Jordan Clarkson, too. I mean, Jordan Clarkson is sliding into the next thing. Top of the list for six man of the year at this point. I don't think we – we didn't pick six man. We didn't? No. Oh, well. Surprised we didn't. Eastern Conference, listen to this, though. You had the Bucks over the 76ers looking like a profit so far. Yeah, Philly's been. I've, I guess I'm sort of the, the Philly fan of the two of us. But I even I didn't pick him to get to the conference finals, but you did. Yeah, I so did. So far, looks good. And yeah, um, I, the reason I picked them is uh, just mainly because I loved the additions that they made. Seth Curry, uh, just and Danny Green, you know, just Danny Green, that defender shooter, and 
Seth Curry being that just knockdown three-point shooter. Shooting is what they need for more spacing, so I love their additions. Western Conference, I picked the Lakers over the Clippers in six. You picked the Lakers over the Mavs. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to – I don't – Western Conference Finals? In the Western Conference Finals, correct. I – okay, let me preface this. I legitimately thought with, with the move that the Mavs made, I legitim- we addressed defense, which is what we needed to address. I legitimately thought that a conference finals berth was not completely crazy. Like I, I, I didn't. Sure, it's a, it's a little, it's a little far fetched. I will admit, but at that point, I was like, I don't think a conference finals berth is really that far out of the realm of possibility. I mean, I don't. I didn't hate it before the season. I guess it's just kind of hasn't aged well. As they has say. not aged well. That's what I was gonna say. They're. Two games out of the playoffs, do you think they'll get in? I mean, I think best case scenario, they sneak in as an eight or seven or eight seed. I mean, I don't the the team as constructed right now is is not playoff ready. We'll we'll get into that a little more and state of the maps. We both picked the Lakers over the Bucks in the finals. Your bold prediction was Markel Fultz to win. MIP most improved player and average 18 6 and 6. You also predicted Luca would win MVP and average a triple double. How close is he? He's not far off. He's uh 20 29.1 points. Uh I believe about eight and a half rebounds and about nine and a half assists. So yeah, I mean close. He's not far off. And he's shooting a career best from three. So my bold prediction was Kawhi Leonard to finish top three in MVP voting. That doesn't look so hot has an age well i also i did pick damian lillard for mvp which he was a long shot before the season but he's been doing typical dame stuff he's gonna be right i think he's gonna be right in the thick of it at the end i agree and just to preface something real quick i was talking to you the other day when the mavs were playing the trailblazers if i need a clutch shot and in the nba if i need a game winner or i need a game time three or i need something in the clutch Give me Damian Lillard over anybody in the NBA. I'm with you. I don't know who else I would pick. I mean, maybe Durant. May, I mean, maybe LeBron. I think obviously, if you had one you could, game, you could one make a, game to win, it would be LeBron. But one shot, one big three pointer. You can make a case for Bron, and you can make a case for Durant. I mean, you could probably even make a case for Luca. But give me, give me Dame over anybody, man. He he just has a uncanny ability to step up in big moments. I agree. No, you will hear no argument from me there. He's as good as it gets down the stretch. What else we got? Did, you, did you, the awards done? Yeah, I mean, we both had uh, Lake Bucks or Lakers over. I guess I had. Yeah, we both had Lakers over Bucks in the finals. Not aging well for the Eastern Conference side. My one seed picks were the Clippers and Bucks, which don't look particularly great. Uh, yeah, I also had Lamelo for Rookie of the Year. Um, we'll see. I think. I think we're both pretty high on the mellow. I'm super high on Lonzo too, but yeah, I I'm lukewarm. This is I Lonzo is shooting is shooting 47 percent from three in the last ten games on eight attempts. I you know I I would expected more out of New Orleans. They might be a little bit of the disappointing team for me. I thought they'd be right in the playoff hunt. They're, yeah, I, I did too. They're kind of they're closer to the bottom than the top. I can't be the only one that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get on a soul box real quick. I'm ju- I'm just not that high on Zion. I mean, he's. I mean, he's just. He's a Blake Griffin without a jump shot. Well, he hasn't really gotten as much buzz as it seemed like he did last year, but he's still been amazing. He I mean, averages he has- tw- twenty-five a night. He hasn't missed a game yet. Averages almost seven rebounds. He shoots it at like a sixty percent clip or something ridiculous. His per is twenty-seven, which is top shelf in the league he's only 21 or 22 i mean he's i don't know man. he's still amazing he is but i'm just i'm not that high on him i just i it's hard to argue with you just because they haven't won much i mean they got the talent i'm more of a brandon ingram fan than i am a zion fan i do like ingram i didn't like him with the lakers but i do like him with new orleans i i, I told people i really think the a lot of that at least to me has got to fall at the feet of stan van gundy i i agree i don't know if he was the i mean he sounded like the right guy for the job and said an emphasis was going to be on defense, but their defense has really let him down this year. I said from the very beginning 
I said once Brandon Ingram gets off the Lakers, he's going to be a superstar. And look where he's at now. That I'm not not trying to toot my own horn, but I said that from the beginning. Um, hot take incoming. You ready for it? Ready. If I'm building the team, and I'm and I'm looking for some a rookie, or I'm looking for a young player to build my team around, give me Lamelo over Zion. Over Zion? Yep. Well, I don't know. Um, I, I think feel like having a having a good passing point guard is more valuable than having a rim rolling power forward. I think we kind of had this discussion with Luca and Zion. I think player for player, Zion's definitely better than Lamelo. Might be better than Luca, but just the no the, chance. The, the positional value, I think, at point guard is so much bigger than you know, any kind of big guy in today's game that I think, I don't know. I would definitely still take Zion over Lamelo. I Hold think, up. I think Zion is still a stud. No shot Zion's better than Luka. No shot. Why not? Averages less points, less rebounds, less assists. Shoots it better. He shoots fit like above 50% because all his shots are at the rim. Yeah, because he gets to the rim like nobody else in the league. Disagree. You're probably right. I just I don't know if it's as cut and dry as some people make it seem. Zion shoots it at sixty, almost sixty-two percent. Luca is an otherworldly talent, and nobody can convince so, me otherwise. So is Zion, really. I think Zion I, shoots it. His he's a career forty percent three-point shooter. That's on point one attempts. That's, that's better than Luca. Seventy percent free throw shooter. That's pretty good for a big guy. He does need to rebound more. I don't know why he doesn't. He only. He averages less than seven rebounds with how yeah. good of an athlete he is. He needs to rebound more. Yeah, and he's I, a crappy defender too. Zion is not better than Luca, and there's there's no, uh, there. I don't even think there's even an argument for that. Zion's actually beating Luca in PER this year by how much? By point two. I don't care. Zion's got a twenty-seven PER. Zion, I I think you're underrating Zion. I know what you mean, just because. New Orleans hasn't been that great, and we're on to LaMelo and Harden and Brooklyn, but Zion's still a stud. I could be tad under a tad underrating him, but I just I'm not I'm not on I'm I'm selling my Zion stock at this point. I'm, well then I'll take it I'll gladly take it off your hands. I'm selling some of my stock. I'm not We'll have I, the Zion Luca debate again. It's I I don't it's not going away. I just I don't know how you could put Zion Luca over Zion. I mean I just they're I mean, only one game apart. I don't know how you could put Zion over Luca. I just I, I don't get it. Luca literally is otherworldly. So in, is Zion. In terms of Zion shoots at sixty two percent. He he did all his shots are three feet from the basket. That's what's what's so bad about that? He gets the basket as good as anybody in the league. Everybody, why would everybody? Why do everybody rant and rave about someone shooting sixty two percent when they shoot three feet from the basket every play? What that doesn't make any sense he's to me. He's like an evolutionary shack. If he's if he's shooting sixty two percent from the field and he's also taking four threes a game, then talk to me. How many threes does he shoot? Point one or point two or something like that. Point six. Oh, close enough. I looked at it the other day and it we'll said see. point I, two. If he becomes a better shooter, then yeah, he's got to be right up there. If he's shooting sixty two percent while he's taking four or five threes a game, then we're having a conversation about him being otherworldly talent. But shooting 62% when all your shots are at the basket is, is, isn't really that impressive to me. I mean, 62% is good. It, it's it's impressive, I guess. But when you, all your shots are just within the restricted area, I, I just don't see it. We'll, we'll move on. Yeah, we'll move on. On that note, we're going to take a quick break here on Limitless Range, and when we come back, we are going to bring back the ever-so-famous State of the Mavericks address. Mavericks fan rant incoming. So thank you for listening to Limitless Range, and we will be, we will be right back.
Welcome back to Limitless Range. We're almost at the end of another episode. And ladies and gentlemen, you have to know what that means by now. Time for the world-famous State of the Mavs address hosted by Travis Gardner. Uh, Dallas Mavericks, they are struggling just a little bit. They are in 11th place in the Eastern Conference, currently 13 and 15 on the season. Things were in dire straits. They had a six-game losing streak in the middle of January of kind of Bailed water since then, though. They've won four of their last. They had a four-game winning streak. They just lost their last one against Portland, then had their game against Houston postponed. Luka playing exceptional ball. The rest of the team, not Not so so, much. Not so much. As we approach the All-Star break, Dallas kind of underachieving a little bit. Travis, the floor is yours. (sighs) Here we go. All right. So thoughts on the Mavericks season so far. Trash. I'm severely disappointed in this team at this point. We're out of the playoffs. What are we, 13 and 15 right now? Correct. Yeah, I we're out of the playoffs. Um, I think best case scenario for the Mavs at this point, maybe sneak in as an eight seed, seven seed. I mean, you'd have to go on a heck of a run to make a five or four or five seed. Yeah, I mean, I think we severely undervalued what, Seth Curry brought to this team in shooting. I don't know, man. I this team as constructed is not uh, is not a playoff contender in my opinion. We we the addressing the defense was great, but we lost a lot of shooting. Our rebounding is god awful. We I don't think we have anybody on our team averaging over 10 rebounds. Before the deadline, we need to address shooting. We need to pick up a cheap shooter and we need to pick up a rebounder. Luca's actually leading the team in rebounding. I didn't know that. Yeah, which tells you a lot about our bigs. Luca um, leads the team in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. Yes, he does, which, again, tells you a lot about our team. One thing I wanted to talk about real quick, Maxi Kleba has been really good. Um, he's shooting forty about 45% from three last I checked. Um, so Maxi Kleba has been a great role player. Kristaps Porzingis. Dude. I'm I'm kind of starting to go sour on him. He's had a few good games here and there, but we're we're not at the point we're past the point where we can give him the excuse of he's coming off an injury. We're past that. At this point, we need to be like, okay, is, is this really someone we want to have as our second option? I mean, he the other day he had 36 against um who they play the the game before the Portland game. He had 36, um, and Luca had like had 46 so they both went off Portland no but before the Portland New Orleans I'm sorry New Orleans yeah he went off against New Orleans and it's good that he's having these great games but the great games don't mean as much when you have four or five bad games before that we can't if you're going to be a second option we can't have you having a good game every couple games we need a good game every night Kristaps I'm not selling my stock on him yet I don't I don't I'm not giving up on him but if if he doesn't start to get a little more consistent after this season and start to, you know, to be a little more consistent part of the offense, I you might have to look at moving him. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't shot in the ball incredibly well. I mean, 47% for a seven-footer. Got to want a little bit more there. I guess he does tee up a lot of threes. He shoots almost seven threes a night. Um, you know, I guess it just kind of – you know, PER, we just talked about it a little bit. It's, it's kind of supposed to be an overall stat. So Luca's at 20, almost at 27. Kristaps is at 21. And then there's a big drop off. The next best guy is Tim Hardaway at 14. I feel like that can kind of tell you a lot about this team, doesn't it? Tim, yeah, Tim Hardaway, I, I just can't, I can't deal with Tim Hardaway, man. He is the streakiest player I have ever witnessed. When he's hot, Oh my gosh, he doesn't miss. When he's hot, everything goes in. He does not miss. But when he's cold... Somehow he's shooting 39% from three, which is pretty good. Yeah, but if you're shooting 39% from three, you'd expect that person to hit four or five threes a night consistently. No. He, he'll he have one game where he'll, where he'll drop 30, like 35 points on like 10 of 12 from three. And then the next game, he'll go like 0 of 6. There's got to be a little bit of consistency there. I mean, I yeah, that's always kind of been him. Just, I mean, streaky score, can shoot you into games, and can sure shoot you out of them. 
I mean, I don't know. I I was with you before the season. I liked the moves they made. I didn't think they'd miss Seth Curry that much just because they had enough offensive firepower, but maybe not. I I think, you know, Cleaver has actually been a bright spot. I kind of overlooked him. I he's actually played pretty he's, well. I think he, I, he's he one could of play more even really. He's one of the he's an un, he's underrated in my opinion. I think Maxi Kleba is one of the best defenders in the NBA. He is a six ten power forward that can that can guard probably two through five. He can he has really good perimeter defense for someone that big. He's an amazing rim protector. He's really quick. His help side defense is insane. His uh, his ability to recover is insane as well. If he gets he, blown, he moves well. He's six ten two forty. He moves well. He for moves that well. Size. He his ability to recover when he gets blown by by a smaller guard is pretty remarkable. But I think he's severely underrated. Let, let me let, give you a little bit of a hot take here. Before the end of the All Star break, or before I guess before the trade deadline, the only the only players that are safe on this Mavericks team from a trade. Luca, Kristaps, Maxi Kleba, and Jalen Brunson. Everybody else, see you bye. You think Kristaps is safe? Didn't you just say you have to think about moving him? I would give it this season. It, I, I want to see how he does the rest of the season. And if if he can if he can turn it around and be a little bit more consistent, then I do think you need to trade for a third option or a second option, though. I don't think Kristaps is a, is a second option. I think he's a third option. Yeah, we've been over that. I think I agree. I think if he's your third best player, you really got something. But yeah. with him as your number two, I don't know how far you can really go. Those four players that I just named are the only ones that are safe, in my opinion. I, everybody else, see you bye. Get them out of here. If if a big enough trade comes along. Yeah, hard to agree with you, I think. And you could maybe make a case for Dorian Finney-Smith as well. Dorian Finney-Smith has been pretty good this year. He's... Mm-hmm a pretty solid perimeter defender and shooter. Yeah, he's been played pretty well and he's been available. He missed a couple games, but I mean, he missed a couple games for COVID protocols. Right. I mean, he's been when he's been available, he's been a pretty solid player. Yeah, and all right, r- real quick before we get into the last thing I want to talk about about the Mavs. Josh Richardson is awful. And I don't want to hear any other argument from another Mavs fan, Josh Richardson is awful. There's stretches where he, you know, that night that we played the Hawks, he guarded Trey Young and he he held Trey Young to like two points in the second half. There's times that his defense is remarkable, and then there's other times where it's just, I mean, Luke is a better defender than him on some nights. Bringing somebody in that's supposed to be a defender. This this is another thing that made me angry the other night in the in the Portland game. Dorian Finney-Smith guarded, which Dorian Finney-Smith is an amazing perimeter defender, but not I wouldn't put him above Josh Richardson. Josh Richardson, who we brought in and is supposed to be a defender, we brought him in to be a defender, and he guarded Dame for probably one possession the entire night. I. It speaks volumes that Josh Richardson in clutch time minutes at the end of the game was not even on the floor. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned it yet, but I know, you know, just speaking back and forth with back and forth with you, I know you've had some problems with how coach Rick Carlisle's handled this team this season. Yeah, I his they've been getting a little better. His rotations have been getting a little better, but I don't understand why we are not playing Josh Green, our rookie. What if you need if if things aren't working if we're we're terrible on defense which we are most nights if we're terrible on defense Josh Richardson can't guard a parked car which normally happens throw in Josh Green we give give him some run like let us let him see what he can do Josh Green isn't developing just sitting on the bench and they just sent him down to the G League which I'm re- extremely happy for. You know, get him at least get him some run and let him play. Mm-hmm. That's what. If what would have happened if the Mavs would have drafted Sadiq Bay? Well, he wouldn't have played. It doesn't like they're they're playing Josh Green every seventh game. It, how do you expect a rookie to develop when he's getting ten minutes here, five minutes there, fifteen minutes one night? He's starting another night. Why are we not playing him? Especially, I mean, I guess he's a rookie still, and and they're. 
they're going to be in a playoff chase down the stretch. I mean, I'm sure veteran coach like Carlisle, it's going to be – you never want to rely on rookies too much. But I, I don't disagree. I mean, especially if things go south here in the second half. I mean, I don't know. He, I don't know. I don't know why you're not playing him. I mean, even if it's – you know, if he needs to get a consistent 10 to 15 minutes a night. I don't think that's completely – that's not going to – Josh Green playing 10 to 15 minutes a night is not the difference between you making the playoffs and not making the playoffs is what I'm getting at. I feel the same way about Tyler Bay. Tyler Bay needs to play. He's in the G lead right now, but when he was up there, he needed to play. The dude can defend one through five. He's an amazing shot blocker. He's good at getting in passing lanes. He jump shot is a little bit of a work in progress, but he's good at, he's a good lob catcher. Play him. We got this dude who's we drafted for defense sitting on the bench when we can't defend a parked car. What are we doing? I don't know. What are we doing? I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm not the Mavs diehard that you are. Long I, live Bobon. All right. Love to see Bobon in there once in a while. Bobon, don't even get me started. Oh, come on. You, um, you tell me you don't like Bobon? No, I don't. Oh, come on. Bobon, Bobon should literally grab every single rebound when he's in that game, and he, and he doesn't. He's your – Fourth best player according to PER. That's fair. Get him out there. All right. Um, Boban starts question mark. Dude, I don't even think. I, I think <laughs> I don't. Even, I don't think you could play him over fifteen minutes a game. No, he's only played like seven minutes a night. But but, all right. So I, I guess I won't really do a top five because I don't really know if I could think of five. But dark horse candidates that the that I would love to see on the Mavs. Players that I would love to see on the Mavs. Right now, a player that I'd love to see on the Mavericks. You ready for it? Mm-hmm. You ready for it? I think so. All right. Prep yourself before you wreck yourself. Josh Hart. That's interesting. Who's he with now? Uh, Pelicans. I don't hate that. Well, I, let me I tell you why. I feel like the New Orleans is kind of high on him. I think you'd have to give up probably somewhat a significant piece, but you tell let, me. Let me tell you why I would, I would love Josh Hart. Great shooter. Josh Hart's a great shooter. Mm-hmm. Above average defender. Can guard probably the probably the two through the four. I wouldn't say I wouldn't put him in the elite category for defense, but he's above average. This is this is the major thing that I would want Josh Josh Hart for. Let me hear it. Rebounding. He's a really good rebounder. I mean, he averages, I believe, above seven a game or close to eight a game. I'm pulling it up right now. He averages seven and a half rebounds a night. That is pretty good for a shooting guard. Yeah, and he's a really, really good rebounder and a really good shooter. I think Josh Hart on the Mavs would be a, a perfect fit. I think so, too. I think he's problem is, is he plays too much for New Orleans. They're not going to want to get rid of him. Yeah, I agree, and that's a little bit far-fetched. I don't necessarily know if they would get rid of him, but that's someone I would love to see on the Mavs at this point. Dark horse, so I can't go with a Bradley Beal because that's not really a dark horse. Um, that would be nuts. Yeah, Um I'd love to see. I'd love to see Franklin Lakina get some run with the Mavs if they. Could. I don't know. I think you're way higher on Frank Nittalakina than everybody else is. Maybe you know something we don't, but I don't know. I think he's just kind of not a great player. Mm. Time will tell, I guess. He needs to get he's, off. The yeah, Knicks. he's still super young. You're he right. needs to get off the Knicks. Yeah. Um, Kyle Lowry is another one. I wouldn't mind Kyle Lowry. Um, a little bit past the Mavs timeline, but. He can. He's kind of what Chris Paul's doing with yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, kind of what Chris Paul's doing with Phoenix. I think he would be a great fit. Sure. I mean, if you could get him, I don't know how they'd get him, but he would be an excellent fit. I think he would definitely give the Mavs a lift. Yeah, I agree. So the Mavs, like I said, Kyle Lowry, jo- Josh Hart is my number one. If we could get Josh Hart, I'd be pretty pretty happy with that. As far as like bench upgrades, um, PJ Tucker, I wouldn't mind. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised. I bet you he'll be in the buyout market. Yeah, I agree. Trevor Ariza, I wouldn't hate either. Um, good three-point shooter, good defender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would have said Derrick Rose, but Derrick Rose just got traded, so I don't think that's going to happen. If we could somehow swing a trade for Norman Powell, I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to that, having a good bench score. I wonder what Toronto's going to do, because they're only a sixth seed right now. I wonder if they're going to be buyers or what they're going to do at the deadline. Yeah. Josh Hart would probably be my number one, but actually, I would put Josh Hart probably at number two. Would you like to know who my number one candidate to come to the Mavericks I would love to see? Absolutely. 
George Hill. George Hill? What? He's a shooter, man. Okay. He was the best sh- three-point shooter in the NBA last season. I guess you're right. Is he still with Utah? He's with uh, OKC. OKC. They're bad, aren't they? Yeah. They're really bad. Yeah, they're really bad. Wow, Minnesota. You know who's really bad is Minnesota. What's their record? 7-22. and 22. Yikers. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, not good. But, yeah, George Hill. I'd love to see George Hill on the Mavs. Might as well. I mean, Oklahoma City, you probably just give them a draft pick. And they'll I don't do, know. They'll do anything. I, I don't know. Sell the farm at this point. Trade everybody. I don't. Blow it up. Blow it up. Blow it up, he says. Good Lord. All right, let's get out of here. We let's yeah, let's this we're, has been a doozy of an episode. Yeah, this has been a doozy. Um so on that note, we're gonna wrap up this episode of Limitless Range. Uh good return episode. Gonna be a long one, but uh we'll we'll get through it. Um stay tuned next week. Uh breaking if I could I, I might throw in a red alert breaking news here. For my fellow Mavericks fans out there, there I know there's probably a ton of them that listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Mavericks fans are few and far between anyway. If you follow the Mavericks on Twitter, you probably have heard of All Things Mavs. He's a uh, Mavs fan page, Twitter account kind of deal. Um, he has about 22,000 followers now, I think. Um, Jimmy Crowther is behind that page. And we're going to be having him on the podcast uh, here soon. We're going to talk about all things Dallas Mavericks related. So that is coming in a future episode. I'm not sure if it'll be next week, but very soon, uh, Jimmy Crowther will be joining us, a.k.a. all things Mavs. So stay tuned for that. Have you talked to this guy much? Do you guys see eye to eye on a lot of things, or is there going to be some debate next time? Um, there might be some debate. Uh, <laughs> Sign I, me up. He, he, um, he is not leaving the Josh Richardson uh, train yet he's not he's not completely sold that he sucks but I'm I think he sucks oh good that's that's a good tease um, right there I like that and Kristaps I he we're kind of similar on that we just think he needs to work things out but um yeah listen so, in next week to hear yeah, what he's got to say uh, might not be next week it might be later down the line but at some point we're gonna have Jimmy Crowther aka all things Mavs on the podcast so stay tuned for that on that note we're gonna wrap it up here I am Travis Garner. Logan Sala. Thank you guys for listening to Limitless Range, and we will be back next week. Peace.